0: most unvalued page is about us page on any e-commerce store so basically be honest there but tell your story tell who you are basically that will be also work as your social proof as well that you're a real company because have to sell an idea that someone has to basically give you this money and you will actually deliver the item to your store that it's not fake so about us page is super important something you should basically invest a time showing who you are or basically just sell your idea of brand if you're not willing to share your your story about yourself. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify
1: podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. As my recurring audience knows, I'm a big fan of print-on-demand, namely because my partner is a talented artist and I'm too industrious not to want to put that to good use. There, I said it. My guest, Ritus Purins, is head of a marketing division with roughly as many people in it as our whole company here at Debutify. It's big. There's a lot of work to be done in the e-commerce space to bridge the gap between mainstream household names we've known for years and the e-commerce industry, and Printful is a treasured asset with the resources you can use to make a case for it yourself. Great Prince, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. It's really exciting to talk to you today. I print on demand is like this the thing that I've always been really eager to get into. So it, it, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, having a conversation with you about it today. How are you doing today? How are you feeling?
0: Uh, good could be better, uh, but excited to be the show and then uh, share whatever then, you will ask me,
1: <laughs> I appreciate the um, could it be better. I, 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 most people when I ask them, I think most people want to say that. must be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, this, uh, the, this pain on the back of my neck or my leg or something like that. But, uh, well, I'll, I'll do the best I can to not increase your headache as opposed to decrease it. I'm from Europe, so I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, I, I'm uh, it's Italian on both sides, so I'm compelled to be honest. But uh, here in the north, in the west, the postmodern. Uh, or the post-national state that we live in. There's a lot of like, don't don't say that, don't say that, don't call that person that thing. So you know, it gets it gets tricky. I don't I don't want to get pegged by the feds. Anyways, that's a tinfoil <laughs> hat off.
0: So tell us uh, what you do and what you're up to these days. So uh, I'm a head of marketing at company print print-on-demand company called Printful. So I manage the whole marketing team, and the marketing team currently is pretty big. We are more than 80 people. So doing for marketing for for Printful and Printful is um, I I will use and say leading print on demand company in the in the world probably we have locations the U S uh, Europe uh, Mexico Canada Australia Japan and uh, what we do we allow anyone to start their own basically dream job so you can become your own e-commerce or owner but basically minimum e- investment or no investment at all and. One day, from a kitchen table, you can launch your e-commerce store by offering everyone else uh, printed merch. If someone orders, we'll be the ones who will um, fulfill the item and send to their customer in name of you. So, and my job and my team's job is to get more people into this topic. Because not so many people know that you can basically launch your e-commerce store so easy.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think a lot of people, even if they have been exposed to the, the concept of it, um there there is a great deal of reluctance just because it uh connotates a higher risk uh compared that to the structure that they're in where, you know, they have their, their, their shift scheduling and, and and the money's coming in consistently. So part of it is awareness, but then part of it is the motivation to really do it. So I gotta say eight eighty people on, on marketing team. Uh, I I can definitely see why uh, you guys say you're the leading, and I will say I haven't talked to any other print-on-demand companies. So um, if anybody else wants to challenge the crown, go for it. But I'm pretty sure uh, we're 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 talking to the people on top right now. But like 80 people for a marketing team. What are the delegations exactly? Is it people? uh, Do you have like people in creative making video content? You have copywriters. Are you people on the ground just like knocking on doors? Assuming you're allowed to do that at the moment. Four
0: years ago, we were just five. So, and now after four years, we're 80 and there's content team, basically the one, and uh, most of them are English content team can think about everything. So we did, we have video content marketers. So basically we run our YouTube channels, almost hundred K subscribers. So have a lot of manual content. So we invest a lot of in educational content. So we know that it's really, really hard to launch e-commerce store and actually get someone else to actually buy something from you so we take that really seriously so we launch a lot of educational content you can actually do that you can launch your store so and there's a lot of also maintenance marketing so that stuff goes out of stock and i know shipping problems stuff like that so we have to constantly keep our customers up to date what's happening in europe in the us canada australia so if you add those locations not so many people but it's social media community management video and then comes the international part. So I think more than 20 people already. They do, they, okay, they speak English, but their main responsibility is other language, other markets. Like we have websites in Spanish, Japanese, French, German, Italian, and working in more, more languages as well. So basically, that's also a huge part of the team. And we also have brand teams. So PR, internal communication stuff, stuff like that, uh, employer branding. We have to make sure that people want to work for us. And then, of course, then comes the growth part. So SEO is a huge part of our game as well. So almost more than half of users comes to us organically. So there's already intention for them coming to our website. So that's amazing. So um, that's basically perfect for us. We don't have to pay for that traffic. Of course, there's pay-per-click because we need to educate people that we exist. It will be much harder to grow if people do not know that we exist there. And you can't just do that from organic so affiliate uh, analytics um, conversion like uh, onboarding specialists email retention so those basically are two par- two big parts of our of, of of my team growth and content and we take content really seriously because educational seo as well so those are great parts also international markets where maybe competition italian is much lower than in english of course demand maybe is not there but it's much easier to basically rank higher than in other languages, like in English, for example.
1: Yeah, and I'm not the expert on um, the international markets per se, um, but one thing that's important to uh, keep in mind is advertising on Facebook, especially in the United States where most um, uh, marketers uh, strategize, it's gotten continuously more expensive because the demand has there. So I can see margins being a little bit more lenient, say, in Italy or... Uh, I Possibly in Japan, too. Again, I'm not the expert on it, where you don't maybe get as many individual uh, souls working on it. But what you do have are a lot of people who are motivated and they have a potentially new market for them to to get into.
0: Uh, it's uh, definitely cheaper than in the U.S., of course. And in other markets, I'm, I'm actually not sure about Japan, but in Europe, yes. So it's either Google, Facebook, Instagram, for sure. But it's not our basically reasoning why we are doing that. So we want to be truly international company. And... U.S. market is right. the biggest one, but more people live outside U.S. than than, than, uh, than in the U.S. So that's also one of the things. And we want to be international company. And have seen that success. Uh, companies like Facebook, Google, and Amazon, they also have huge share outside the U.S. So also we want to go there. We want to grow internationally. And Asian market is super super exciting. And we are starting to actually explore that through Japan. So that's, that's as well. And these days, basically, when you buy something online, um, very often we buy from the Also myself, I buy from s- stores in the US. So when it's good that you could basically order something from the US store, but it's probably in Europe. That will be in our case. So if you can buy someone from the US store, the USA, but it will be automatically routed to our European facility and you will get that faster, quicker. That's logistics. So you want to receive item faster, quicker. Myself don't have Amazon Prime because we don't have Amazon Latvia, so I don't know how it's how it's live like that. But I know that people in the US and globally now appreciate that thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I one thing that I, I, I chambered it for later, but I think it's just as good to bring it up now. But I imagine that the expectations might be a little bit more lenient on uh, custom designs rather than if I'm ordering something on Amazon and I'm expecting it to show up by the time I'm done this sentence. So. Um, overall, what kind of pressure is, and I, I would like to ask about the industry at large, if you have uh, some insights on some of the competition or even just people trying to do this on an individual basis, but if you don't have the information, that's okay. Um, just with the pressure that you're under to deliver as quickly as possible, is there a different expectation because it's more of a personalized product rather than somebody just ordering a unit off a shelf?
0: Our customers has to basically sell the idea. Because we can't promise the same fulfillment or shipping times as Amazon. You're not competing with Amazon because very often Amazon, you're competing with a price. We're also not something you should compete. Uh, so there's pressure from our side. We know that we have to cut down on the fulfilling time. So our promise is two to five or two to seven business days, depending on the category plus the shipping. So that's that adds up. So we are educating customers that have to basically sell the idea that this is item made on demand. So basically also creating less waste. So it's made for you and you have to basically explain why it's worth basically waiting for that because you're not probably buying a t-shirt, like a t-shirt. You're buying, buying it because of the design or embroidery or item on it so basically we're often also supporting some cause or maybe you're supporting your favorite youtuber or instagram or favorite podcast so there should be some additional message that it's not just a t-shirt you're basically supporting a small merchant as well it was a huge thing uh, when covid hit as well so support smaller merchants don't go with the biggest chains so that's the constant thing uh, you have to basically set the Expectations that you will have to wait a little bit longer than if you order something from Amazon. And you have to show that it's worth to wait, because you will get something you can't get anywhere else. So basically, unique right? item. And in some cases, it's personalization. So it's something else can use. So if someone wants to, if you want to add your own name to the product, I can easily do that. It's not going to cost me more. But as a seller, I can charge you 10% premium because I'm adding a name and Person do not know that, and you can launch different crazy ideas, you know, star maps or something like that, where every item can be unique. But you can't do that if you order something with a bulk on screen.
1: Right, and I also think too that with um, smaller businesses, or as you say, like YouTube personalities, podcast personalities, is. I also would imagine that the customers have a little bit more inherent patience because they know that they're, they are rooting for a, for an underdog or they are supporting a smaller business. Um, they're more connected with the brand and, and smaller businesses conversely understand the importance of strong customer service, making sure that each individual customer is treated with respect and is in constant communication, all right, it's, it's on the way it's going to be shipped in a few days, let us know if anything comes up and we'll, we'll do the same. I think
0: the most uh, someone I think on the podcast also talked about that. So uh, the most unvalued page is about us page on any e-commerce store. So basically, be honest there, but tell your story, tell who you are, and basically that will be also work as your social proof as well that you're a real company because you have to sell an idea that someone has to basically give you this money and you actually deliver the item to your store that it's not fake. So. About us page is super important. Something you should basically invest time showing who you are or basically just sell your idea of brand if you're not willing to actually share your image or your story about yourself.
1: One thing I wanted to go back to, by the way, because just as you were mentioning what uh, are the different responsibilities of the marketing team, there was one term that I'm sure has been talked about or I've been exposed to, but I never actually heard the term, which is maintenance marketing. I do remember taking a marketing class way back in high school, And there were the, the first thing was to try to sell people on the product. And then uh, the other side of the advertising was to continue to validate the customer's decision, making them feel like that they were part of a a larger movement. So if you, I, if I buy, I don't know, a a Saturn and then the Saturn commercial still kept coming on. I'm not going to buy another one anytime soon, but it still still feels good to know that the company is still active and it's still getting a message out there. So within maintenance marketing. Um, how utilitarian is this? Is this just like, hey, you only get in touch with people because something is, is up, and there need, and there needs to be updates, or is it also more of like it can also be a casual used casually too, just to yeah, just check in, see if see how people are feeling.
0: So um, maybe I'm not using the term right, but it's something we are using internally. So what we understand with maintenance marketing is that uh, something they'll will something will go out of stock. So I can also use the example from a, a year ago when pandemic hit. So in one week we had to shut down both of our facilities in the U.S. because non-essential. So non-essential business we're not able to operate there. And uh, if you are at a SaaS company, true SaaS company, because in one in one way we also the SaaS company with basically software that is so easy to launch your Shopify store or Etsy store. So we we'll offer that part, but also take your production part. So we see everything, there's no middleman. That's the main difference between us and and maybe other competitors as well. So uh, if you're the SaaS company and there's more demand, you just buy more Amazon servers, so more power, that's it. And you can easily scale up your business. So, but if you're a production company, then you have to produce the item. So in one week we had to shut down both of our facilities in the US. So we had to let people know that we are doing that, that, hey, your orders will be late, there'll be nothing happening. And then constantly keeping them up to date, what's happening. So how long is the fulfillment going to take? Everything what we can imagine to do. And do that on a regular basis. Basically, what we have been doing, we did from the March, I believe, until, the, until December. So we don't have to do it now anymore so actively. So that maintenance, might. If we have to do that in six languages, that's six emails, basically, about the same thing. Because someone even in the U.S. is using our webpage in Italian language as well. So that's one thing, and that's basically a major thing. But always, uh, as we also buy basically shirts in bulk from our suppliers, we have more than two hundred sixty products, so we have to keep them up to date. Okay, now this color, I know red and size S is out of stock, so there'll be delays. So we have to let let them know, or something happened, and maybe our fulfillment times will be a little slower. So, and we have to do that again in six languages. So that's that's part. And of course, we're keeping everything up, everyone up to date about your product launches. So that's also a positive, positive part about the marketing. But if you launch a new product, it's your decision. Should we message them or not? If we're having problems with our fulfillment or something like that, we have to let them know. And we can't just, okay, now we have Italian language. We're not going to send out that email in Italian. There will be just English. And you can't make the decision. So there will be always something we have to quickly react basically keep our customer up to date because they trust their business with us. It's not that we can't, like we should Them let know that something will going to happen. Basically, have, there's no decision. Should we promote that our new product? There's something happening because they have responsibility to their end customer. And it's not enough for us just to let them know. They also have to let their customers know that something is maybe will be delayed. So always constant struggle, like constant challenge to work with, our store owner, and then he has to also pass information to end customer.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I, there's a couple of takeaways that I draw from that. And one of them is just comparing it to somebody who's selling a digital service. Like you're saying, Amazon, if they're web hosting, they need to scale up. They need to scale up so that they can provide more uh, digital hosting space for people, whereas when you're scaling up, it's uh, it's on the production side and it's not just on production side either. It's also about maintaining the quality of the product. Um, because if you, you know, you want your customers to be happy long-term, you don't want the the shirts to end up in tatters, you know, in the, in the course of a week. So just from the content that I had viewed, like I did see one of your other interviews and you had mentioned that you, one of the struggles of scaling up was actually finding uh skilled laborers to, uh, to provide the product. Now, this is something that I'm really like, curious just to just kind of like make sure that I understand exactly, uh, how much, um, uh, of it is done internally. So this is going to be, this is going to sound silly, but I got to ask it. Are you guys making the shirts or making the clothing in-house or is that part imported? I I, I got to, I know it's a silly question, <laughs>
0: but I got to ask. No, it's a valid question. Thank you for that. So there's two parts. There's like basic t-shirt, which I'm currently wearing with embroidery. This is made by Printful here, those who are watching videos. So these we purchase in bulk. So basic t-shirt, you want to print something on the front or embroidery. It's something you also buy in bulk from Gildan, from Bella Canvas or Champions, so they're pre-made. So we're not, that we are responsible for that, that someone takes the shirt, puts on the printer, uh, prints the right item, checks the quality and basically ship to end customer. That's the easiest part. We also do that with mugs, phone cases, a lot, a lot of different products, but uh, posters, stickers, stuff like that. But there's also the second part and it's uh, cut and sew products, like all over products. So. In that case, uh, for example, leggings or shirts or bikinis, even from recycled polyester as well. So bikinis. In that case, we just purchase a garment and we put, uh, put print on a garment, and then it's put together in our facility. So there's also seamstresses working in our facility. So we are responsible for larger part of the business. And uh, so it depends. So and generally, you can't just come in, in, in basically in our facility and just start working there. There's some kind of onboarding, and that's also a struggle. And we had to scale up during the pandemic that. So there's also scared, should I come to the facility and work? So stuff like that. So there are challenges. And we also want to keep our employees safe. If someone gets sick with COVID, so there's probably half a bunch of people sent home and there's disruption to fulfillment. So... If operation is not working, then also there's no salary for us. What's the point of me doing marketing? We did anti-marketing for two months in the 2020 because we tried to manage the incoming volume in the US while scaling in Europe. So that's a challenge. And in different categories, different, maybe phone cases better, but if you have to put together face masks and neck gaiters, which were high demand, then we need those people coming in and we need to expand, actually provide more, more space, actually they can do their job.
1: Yeah. By the way, I'm uh, I'm person. I'm a big fan of the NetGators too. So yeah, I, I got a little collection of them.
0: Yeah, it's something we put together in in two weeks, less than two weeks, and launched a totally new product. Most successful launch in 2020 or ever at Printful. So and you know why? So when yeah. we postponed it to launch face masks because we have them in high quality, but we I think we launched them. Q three after a while, because if we launch them, then you can imagine what will happen again with our fulfillment times. So we'll go up and up. So we waited the light time when we have able to basically scale up our production output. We can actually launch them because we didn't want to do
1: I tend to avoid um, pandemic questions not because it's not like a subject worth touching on but I just wanted to like I was just making sure that I didn't End up like spending each episode, like, "Oh, how did you deal with the pandemic? How did you deal with the pandemic?" But in this case, I'm going to make an exception because I think there's uh, there's some unique challenges that your your company is facing. You have people coming into work, and you have and and some people are depending on on your product. And if you know providing face masks and neck gaiters, it can be important, right? If somebody's selling that and they were depending on you, so th- there, there there's a lot of factors involved here. So I guess the way I'd like to pose this question is, uh, let's say hypothetically, you know. Tomorrow we find out, all right, everyone's good. We can all go back to tw- 2019. We'll, we'll try 2020 again. And then six months go by and then it's COVID 2.0. Are the measures now in place that you'll know what to do to handle the situation? Should it come up again?
0: Probably well, I can't answer to that. Yes, because you never know what's going to happen. But I believe that everyone is much more red- ready to actually face if there'll be 2.0. For God's sake, please know. Let's, let's, let's get back to the normal. I, I would wish that. And everyone has more experience, the government, you and, and, and me and everyone else. So that we are more pre- prepared because the last time something like that happened was a while ago. And our main learning is from this, what we are taking in 2021, that usually uh, the team which was catching up with our demand was the operations team. So, and um, they they've tried it to basically be perfect that there's basically no extra space to actually do more fulfillment and what we want to do in this year maybe in the future as well that we can much easier scale up that we have the place and not just the people are the one obstacle there's also equipment and space like that so creations team has to scale up much quicker than anyone else so that's basically the main learning. Regarding the safety and stuff like that, that probably we have figured out and we are still basically working as we work it in March. Even face masks, distancing, stuff like that. Uh, I, I believe that even still have more things in the US and in Europe as well. So yes, we'll be more ready, but uh, you never know. Uh, the question maybe I like to think what will happen when the pandemic ends because you're in e-commerce, what will happen with the demand? So that's maybe something we can talk about a little
1: bit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, we, let's jump right into that. And one thing I'll, I'll mention too, you know, uh, I, I say it in jest, but I think, you know, I, I can't wait for the pandemic to be over so I can go back to making excuses not to leave my apartment as opposed to just not leaving my apartment. So yeah, uh, you guys have, I I presume had conversations and are just trying to figure out what will happen now that you've scaled up and now the doors are going to be flying open uh, left, right, and center. So, um, what, what insights do you have so far about
0: it? So, um, one thing, of course, the the main question. Will the people have a change? So, will we still buy so many things online? So, probably e commerce will continue to grow, but maybe growth will not be as we saw in, in the past year because it was probably, I can still use the name insane what we saw. So, uh, I, I believe that, of course, it will affect us. So, it will be probably demand will drop and in some cases. But, why maybe a little bit different position that we are printful, we are print on demand drop shipping. So, still. Not so many people know that you can launch an online business. So we'll still have a room to actually educate that some light that exists and encourage people to start selling online because you can't start your merch line with basically almost zero investment if you want to do it offline. The only choice is online. So there will still be these side hustlers, these e-commerce entrepreneurs who want to just do something online. Because your choice is, now if you're a side hustle, you can drive Uber or you can go online. You can choose whatever you want. So we'll see some effect, but because that people have spent more time online, they know what is that. So I believe still there's a job and task for the marketing team actually continue to get more people abroad to actually use this. Because we saw one, like people were searching, there was insane growth in traffic to our website. But as people understand it, it's went down. And uh, we can probably, we'll see that also in the future. Hopefully there will be some growth uh, after a while, but it's unknown. And if someone knows the answer, please message me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, one thing that I, that
1: I noticed is the, the, the printing locations are all in, in key areas like hear in we got one here in, in Toronto, Canada, so. Uh, uh, don't be surprised if I come knocking one day. And, and, and I think because the locations are already some of the, the, the main metro areas of the world, you know, e- even if more people can go outside, you can see incentives change. Maybe not so much with the, the nut gaiters and the face masks, but people are going to want to start wearing more custom t-shirts and maybe they'll start. Uh, right now, I'm not really so inclined to order a custom t-shirt because what am I going to do with it? I'm just going to uh, walk around the house.
0: Probably will order a sweatshirt or or sweatpants. Uh, like yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. So that's that's probably the habits will change. And of course, we know that net and face masks will phase out. That's um, okay, maybe that will be a, some kind of fashion icon. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's what we probably see that be much less popular we already know that because how many negatives you can own like you don't need one every day as well. <laughs> maybe you do i don't know
1: <laughs> i don't know i just i just like them i just think they're cool there's a, there's a part of me that just wants to kill still wear wear those masks i it, it's 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 the it's the it's the nerd in me that uh, uh secretly wants to dress up like uh, anime characters anyways not so secret so you know one thing that i i, I hadn't uh I don't know, I guess I was planning on asking it earlier, but you know, things have just been, um, uh, um, moving along with such flow, but how did Printful, uh, start up? Cause I, I think there's like, um, there's a, there's a mystery as to like which table it started on. Like maybe it was kitchen table, maybe it was uh living room table or dinner table or whatever it is. So like, um, w- what can you tell us about the history of the company?
0: So, um, there's a great story actually. So I'm happy to share that. So, uh, Printful level survey, it's eighth birthday this summer, so eight, eight ones. So we've been a while and um, I'm from Latvia and then also co-founders are brought from Latvia and I don't want like more than 10 years ago. And uh, the same, co- same co-founder founders, like Liberts, he started a local social media network, like at almost at the same time as Facebook were launched. So it's draw for friends. It's still a legit business, but as um when a globalization happened or people switched to Facebook. But what he did, he basically launched a good business with regular revenue, so high gross margin revenue, just that's the software. And basically, he started launching more and more companies. Uh, and basically, user investment, he didn't want to just chill and then and, 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 and do nothing. So he started launching more and more companies. And he also moved to the US So to actually do that because that's probably one of the best markets to launch something new. And um, it's, uh, there's now more than ten companies actually in under basically the group where it was launched. And one of the companies he launched was start of Vitamins. It's still out there. It's we I even mean, recently switched to Shopify. And if you go there, uh, you can order a motivational poster like "Get Shit Done," "Fail, Learn, Experiment." Probably you have seen them somewhere. And we know for sure that it's an uh, offices Google or Twitter as well. So that's also a fact. And why we why we launched that store? Because uh, we needed cool posters for our office in Latvia and Riga, something motivational, something like real startups would have on, 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 on their walls. And we're looking around, there was nothing basically cool, coolish to actually would like to put our walls. So what we did, we designed them ourselves and not just use that for our own walls, but decided to sell them. And guess what? Other people also needed that. And uh, business is pretty well, it's like like nothing, nothing major, but a legit e-commerce store. So like orders are coming in from different offices, so pretty well. Yeah, we that started adding more products, but then we want to add like apparel, and we started looking around. Like, is there some someone who could actually do that on demand that we don't have to basically do that everything on our own? Because we started with posters, that's easy. You just buy one printer, basically print it out, put in the Roll cube and ship it. So that's really easy product. Different sizes, no problem. But when you add more products with t-shirts, I know black, red, each color, five sizes, have to buy them 24. So that's already a lot of warehouse space. So, and we were still looking around. Can, is there someone can do that on demand? Pass fulfillment, ships to nine customer, good quality. And there was someone, but it was a lot of manual work. I think we even tested one. And basically we again decided to solve our own problem. And then idea of print was born. And we started with posters, a couple of products, and it's been a wild journey that constantly solving our problems. We are basically offering a better, better solution. Still started vitamins runs on the printful. So it's like eating your own dog food. So we understand a little bit also from the e-commerce store business. It's we are still keeping it alive because it's a huge part of history. And actually, we are trying to replicate the same thing again and again. So we recently launched also our Printful Bits. So we hired a project manager here in Latvia and we have built some tools internally which we're using on our own as well. So when maybe, and not just to keep to ourselves because then it's slowly less maintenance, we could maybe sell to someone else as well. So maybe launch an next Printful again, something bigger than Printful, you don't know. Because Printful was basically nothing so a while ago. And now we're the biggest company out all, all, so out the social media and other companies can laugh you. So solve your own problem and you will basically understand better the audience and build a better solutions for you and other, others as well.
1: And one thing that um, sticks out to me too is by starting one business after another what that does is it gives a person an opportunity to identify new problems to solve where if somebody only has a one business and then you know they're they're understanding uh, a number of problems but they're all solving them in the interest of getting that business going so by setting up another business you start to have this chain reaction where you'll be uh, exposed to new problems okay well our previous businesses, maybe they can solve this one. And if not, we'll have to start up another one. And it's a whole ecosystem of uh, identifying issues, which are leading towards um, uh, new potential markets. So that's clever. I I don't know if that was even like the strategy or anything like that, but I think just that just, just goes to show the advantage of starting multiple businesses and having them work in tandem with one another.
0: Yeah, uh, Laurus, our co-founder, one of the co-founders, he's real entrepreneur. So he probably, one of the options was to basically chill at a mansion or house somewhere in the sun and that's it. But he wants to do something more. I think in total with his partner, he launched more than a hundred different companies. So, and now just around 10 is still still out there. So, and Printful is now the most successful one. And we're looking to basically replicate the whole idea. and, And it's easier if you're part of the company because you don't have to think about accounting. You can easily access SEO manager marketing. With that, if you do that on your own, we have to hire agency freelancer here everything is already here and we have some through that so that's that's easier to actually constantly be out there and be in the challenge so so that's fun and getting back to one of the key um features of
1: the business model is that a seller or a a merchant doesn't have to incur the cost of the product themselves same uh, along the lines with the drop shipping uh, community that I, uh, that I speak to very often. I mean, with you guys, I don't know, I guess it is, it's, it's like, it's a hybrid of like drop shipping, but also drop service, but I guess, cause there's a product involved probably leans more towards drop shipping. So I'm not really, not that it doesn't, it, I'm not sure how, like, how much the label really matters. It's more just like what the service you're providing. But, um, if you want to clear that up sure. Uh, but the, the, that wasn't the question.
0: So it's basically drop shipping, but we print on demand elements. So drop shipping, okay. every item is basically the same. We still offer a T-shirt, but with print on demand, every item is unique. So you can basically add your uh, touch to it. If you're an influencer on, on Instagram, then probably you'll not go with dropshipper. But print on demand, you can put your logo on it. So basically, the same idea, and we make it super super easy. So that's that's our goal, and that it's so easy to you know, launch your merch store with all the mockups, with integration, Etsy, Shopify, Wix, Squarespace. You basically name any integration as it does. That we'd make it make it super super easy,
1: mm-hmm. and then uh, going back to the, the the premise of the question, which is because uh, sellers are uh, incentivized to use the business because they don't have to incur the costs unless an order is placed. But with your company, now this might be like a little bit too um the the information might be confidential, so if you don't want to answer, it's all good. But I just give it a shot, which is the profit margins within your company to me seem like a bit of a challenge because you have to offer a lot of different services. You have to have a lot of machinery, the expertise, uh, materials. So is there uh, anything that you have to do to uh, make sure that the margins are profitable? Certain products can't, that there's not enough demand for it. So how much of
0: the advantage to the seller do you get to have in running the company? Uh, So it's a a really good question. So of course, we're not just a SaaS company, so we can't offer the same Margins as if you have just a Shopify app on on, on, on a Shopify platform. So we have to basically cover human hours. So someone has to print the item there. So it's it's a challenge. But uh, we picked also a little bit different way. So um, we constantly invest more, basically, money and resources, actually make sure that we streamline the process as efficient as possible. And we have also a team of I think now almost 150 developers, team of developers. So that's pretty unusual for dev team, uh, for production team to have as, as many developers. And I want to say maybe that Printful is also the company where uh, we are the t-shirt company. That's okay. We have a lot of products, but where developer learn how to print on t-shirt. And my, my feeling is he's lazy. He will not go anywhere. So basically figure out how with computer you can print something On a t-shirt as efficient as possible and uh, we do that everything in-house of course we have to invest in printers stuff like that but there's also a choice to basically outsource everything but if you outsource then you get even less margin as well so because you have to then split it with between someone you outsource and one of the things we also we are not the cheapest ones for sure probably even the most expensive ones one of the expensive ones but we want to praise our quality and it's the best out there. So it's it's much more harder to actually get someone else to actually print the same quality on 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 the product. So and if you go with us, basically we'll save money on customer support because no one will complain you. Okay, not no one. There is always someone will complain, but there will be less less problems actually. To
1: yeah, that. It, it's an arms race between the customer complaints and the ability to address those complaints. So you get to hear the customer gets to hear you get to hear the customer gets to hear. So yeah,
0: so it's a challenge, but we are feeling pretty comfortable. So I have a green light to actually. I have a team of AT marketers, so we are pretty in a pretty good shape. So. No, no no, other team with bad gross margins there. And we are totally still bootstrapped. So we are capable of investing all the teams, 1,600 people and all the equipment. We just spend a lot of money on on new printers. Bootstrapped, so there's no outside investment. So that's also something we are proudly wearing that investors free. And then uh, in 2019, we generated $120 million in revenue and did a better job in 2020. So pretty, pretty awesome. And one of the
1: things that, Uh, Not to uh, point fingers to any one particular company, but uh, oftentimes in the interest of being in a profitable position, uh, there has to be um, sacrifices to, say, the environment. There ends up being emissions or there ends up being waste. Um, For some reason, my algorithms have been reminding me lately of just how much food a grocery store throws out at the end of the day when they could just as easily give that food to uh, people in need so i don't want to think in that part of it it's just uh, for some reason the algorithm is really reminding me about it lately but what i n- know about your company is that sustainability and the environment is also a- an important aspect of this so uh, on top of you know everything else that you're that you're doing what are what measures are you taking to be as green as you can
0: yeah it's it's been a hot topic for last couple of years and we are looking at it much more careful also in our company so because it's not just uh nice thing to do is just people expect from you to actually do that. that's not just basically okay i can sell this as a marketing message so it's has to be on every company's roadmap that you think about that because your own employees also expect you to actually taking care of the planet and whatever you do so and uh, i want to also say that printful uh, printful print on demand so basically everything what we print is already sold so there's i can't use name no ways but it's as less waste as possible. So any other company who does that in bulk, probably it's all will be over that every item you buy on, on their store, probably there's one also thrown away because they are not able to sell. it, And it's so cheap that they actually can do that. So we, by definition of our company, we generate less waste than a, a, a book, book printer or anyone else, because we print only those items for sale. Of course, it's just one part is the product part. So the way how we do that. So there's also uh, our equipment partner is investing in that as well, that they spend, for example, less ink on the printing and it's it's natural and stuff like that. So that's also a part of the process. And uh, we can look at the diff- different ways. So back, uh, also the product. So you can go with um, cheap t-shirt. You can go with uh, from organic cotton as well. So we offer more of the products is basically not from the echo side but we offer the variety because still some people uh, more prefer the price than the different product so we want to give them options so they can make the decision which product they want to use and go and the third thing is packaging uh, we can do much much better job with that so that's that's uh, one of the high highly requested thing that uh, we're working on that that basically every packaging is more echo than it was previously so we're already using plastic, recycled plastic, but there's still some, some improvement on our part. So then there's the brand who can go with an eco product. We can sell the way how they print, and they also receive it an eco packaging. So basically you can build sustainable brand under Printful, your merch line. Uh, so we look at that much more carefully, but the biggest probably waste or harm to the environment we provide is basically getting packaged to the end customer. So that's something. also, we have to keep that in mind. But then also we have to remember that the end consumer makes the decision to purchase the item online. So basically understand that it will be delivered from somewhere, so someone will drive and that's basically the biggest part of know, harm to the environment that we have to start thinking about. So how can you offset your carbon emissions? So, and there's so much things you can do and we want to be realistic. We don't want to be that ideal company who just sells the idea. We'll be carbon neutral by, I don't know, 2050. I don't know. Probably I will not, if I will make that uh, statement, maybe I will not even work for the company anymore. So I can do that if I want. We want to be a realistic that, okay, we are doing this. We are... The main goal is that less limited waste we are creating for the plan. So that's our mission, and we are moving step by step to be just a better company for the world. and
1: and And one uh, great point to summarize it, too, is that in the long term, um, the more more premium, uh, the more premium quality of the product, The less wasteful it is. Uh, Conversely, if somebody ends up getting uh, the the cheap, um, cost efficient ones, the the car doesn't still has a or the truck still has to drive it over, anyways. So it it ends up uh, being more beneficial in the long run. But it's it's a difficult thing to get uh, general audiences to uh, to really understand because like environmental issues, I would say is definitely like. It's like one of the most long-term investments in order to convince people that it's worthwhile. I'm not, I'm not a great uh, expert on the environment myself, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at the one good point that I made and I'll stop there. By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version 3 has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long.
0: Um,
1: when, so the next subject that I want to uh, cover is just about the uh, the relationship between custom designs and our art artists and the connection that we make with, with brands and companies and stuff like that. And so this is something that I talked about with a uh, print demand expert, Eric, uh, Carrie Eggleton, a um, previous, uh, guest in the show, um, the difficulty of dealing with copyright. So just to kind of like retouch the point is that one of the things that makes copyright material, um, tempting to use is because it has a lot of recognition. So if I do a super Mario T T shirt, it has a high chance of being sold because people recognize it and they're more likely to, uh, to, to purchase it, but i'm taking away the really the overall work that nintendo had done to make mario a, a marketable product in the first place so there needs to be a, a healthy relationship i mean it's it's good for artists to make the the art because it continues to expose you know branded content to the audience so there, there, there can be a relationship here that's mutually beneficial, but we're not there yet. Um, with your company being, I guess, really the spearhead of, of print on demand, having the most resources, having the most uh, inroads into what I would say is more contemporary or not contemporary, sorry, more classical or established businesses, is have you made any progress? Is there is there hope that there can be a healthy relationship between people wanting to make branded content and um, making sure everybody's happy and getting their cut?
0: So of course we have to follow IP. I know legal team just today announced that there will be IP Day end of April, some kind of lesson like that. So we have to be legal. So we can't allow you to basically take advantage of someone else's property. So you have to get permission. And we have seen that some of our customers have basically I know create agreement with Disney. to Actually, offer designs with with uh, with their logos, but there should be some kind of basically arrangement together. Otherwise, you're basically earning money on someone else' basically fruits what they have done. So that's that's legal, and we have to also comply with that. So you can't print Pokemons or Kanye West. So that's yeah, exactly that's, uh, that's that that stuff. Um, our challenge, like for example, our our goal as a team is to basically offer the tools that okay, what can you print? So. There are also different events in the world, so you can also basically use the theme and topic and offer merch um, regarding the event, but not by not offering copyrighted stuff. So uh, I can't immediately name you some examples, but when I know some 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 something is happening, you can basically take take advantage. I know, and there could be also examples from present elections. So you probably can't print, print offer one of the uh, president's faces or candidates but you can uh, maybe mention uh, they went some kind of a little bit different and offer that to their supporters what they said or stuff like that and our as a company goal is to offer basically options that you can sell as a design so uh, we offer different clip arts or, or quick designs as we call them we also recently integrated with Getty image that you basically can, can access a huge, huge library with with, with different items. You can also use the designs so if you can put that on our generator, design maker, as we call it, and the way. And yeah, and if you want to basically print something copyrighted that we can basically catch and catch and follow, then you have to basically prove that this item is basically owned by you. Maybe in the future there could be some kind of agreement that okay, let's integrate with I don't know Super Mario, for example. And there's instead of just getting image integration, there's Super Mario integration. You can easily use any item from from basically Super Mario, there's character stuff like that. Um, for every purchase, we'll basically pri- price you I don't know, 10, 20 cents and we'll share that also part with with basically owner of, of the visual. So that's also an option how to actually do that. And you know that it's a struggle. So we are trying to solve that, that there's less limits, but we have to basically follow the rules. So there's no no choice. And if you will not be sued, then we will be. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And 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 the rules are. I mean, it, it's it's all it's lo- it makes logical sense. Uh, you, you summarize it very well, which is you know you're taking the 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 fruits of somebody else's labor for your own profit. And I myself, I wouldn't want to do that. I would want them to have their own cut. It's just that you know there the, there are these there's obstacles and there's barriers of communication between a large company and and a small artist. And so the reason why I pose a question to you is because I think, um, as printful continues to grow and have uh, a large influence and has the resources for it is aren't really, I can't really think of anybody else who, uh, has the resources to bridge, to try and bridge that gap. So. You know, here, here's hoping uh, for the future, because I think if it can be resolved in a way that, again, makes everybody happy, um, it'll really help the artists out because I, I, I've been to conventions. You know, you walk around our artist alley and everybody is super talented and there's a lot of really good work there. It's just that I don't have I don't have the money to support every one of them. So I tend to lean towards the art done based on the things that I like. And uh, a lot of these artists could really benefit from having having just a little bit of an of, of a extra incentive to make content that other people recognize and are willing to are more likely to to convert into money. So, you know, it, it's 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 speculation, but it, it would be a, a happy future if we can get to that point.
0: Yeah, we know that we have a two big audiences using printful. So one is artists, and another and basically marketers. So basically both parts. If you can connect these both sides, and they could basically help each other businesses so marketer he don't know how to draw so basically he's probably looking for a freelancer it's already there so basically and artist usually they struggle is that they can build an amazing art and they can basically put it online on a shop or, or i know other store but the main struggle they have to get someone to their store willing to pay the price for the art and it's basically the hardest part so and basically someone who will show you how to do marketing part because in very very often my team my marketing team is teaching others how to do marketing so because we know that if you will not get someone to your website besides your mom friend or whatever uh, and there will be no business not not just for you also not for print so we are constantly investing in that
1: yeah and maybe I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a stickler myself but um, in all of the Work that I've done, I actually go out of my way not to like promote it to my parents and my friends because I've always feel like that's an artificial way to uh, build a foundation or or mimic success. You know, I want to know that like the content or whatever it is that I do has an organic uh, uh, reach to the like like minded people, and I just don't want to bug my mom all that
0: much. Mom will be happy to support you, so that's the first mm-hmm. you know. logical <laughs> step.
1: So that's the thing, though. That's the thing is like it's you know, it doesn't to me. It's like well, yeah, of course she's happy to support, but what does that tell me? It tell uh, that Yeah, okay. That tells me that my mom was willing to support. Anyways, so uh, I actually wanted to um, get uh, ask a little bit about my own uh, position, because um, I'm in a very happy relationship. My girlfriend is super talented. She's a great artist. And I w- w- feel like we are missing out on a huge opportunity by not doing print on demand. So it's something that I really want to get into. However, I also can only afford so many Shopify stores. Like I am putting resources into one Shopify store for a different product that I'm dropshipping because I, ha- I I got to do it. I got to learn how to do this. And also I want to make gobs of money. But for for print on demand, what I'd like to know is what are some of the more low cost uh, options uh, and and if I, I feel like I might be stretching here, but like if there aren't that many if there's not that much actual work done, there's a couple of images um so I guess like the 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 lowest point to start off with um even if it means I don't have to have our own website what can you recommend?
0: there's always always decision like usually should you go shop for it? but yeah it's it's probably the cheapest way what you get in return, but it's like it's thirty dollars a month plus plus everything else so It's, uh, but you will be the most successful one. If you're serious about it. go with a Shopify. There's options as well. So if you want to still build your own website, it's for example, Big Cartel is a great option for artists. It's not so known option, but it's many, many artists prefers that. So, and uh, I think that there was super, super low fees. But uh, there's another option is Marketplace. And if you think about Marketplace, you usually think about Amazon, but it's not easy to start on Amazon and there's a lot of competition. But there's another Marketplace called Etsy. So it's uh, historically been a handcrafty thing, but they also let print-on-demand companies. So print-on-demand, there's also on their platform. And their um, listing fees is super low. I believe the last one I checked and I still carry one Etsy store myself as well to actually be familiar with but basically what our customers are trying to achieve I think listing fee was 20 cents per listing and so it's nothing and there's also processing if someone buys so when listing fee is like 20 cents for 90 days something like that so it's it's easy and another advantage you don't have to have your own website so that's nothing and you have uh, enter the marketplace. So immediately, when you're in the marketplace, you can rank for different keywords. People go to marketplace to buy something. So immediately on the first day, you have a huge potential audience who could potentially buy something from you. So you can put few listings. Um, be car- be creative with your descriptions, uh, with everything goes in place. What my strategy is: very often I just check the top rated. Uh, Etsy sellers on the Etsy platform and just see what they list on their listings. So, what kind of information and try to look at that, that as well. So, there's fulfillment times, shipping times, a lot of keywords, images, size size guides, stuff like that. So, Etsy, uh, in my opinion, is the basically lowest possible barrier to actually enter there. Uh, maybe the main disadvantage there that Okay, I, I wouldn't say that the brand is the disadvantage you can't build your brand. You still can do that. There's still competition. So if you, it will be still you're competing with price as well. If you're building your own brand. It's much easier to tell the story and you're not competing with. And if you're looking something for the Mother's Day, there'll be a hundred different options. If you're doing right. that on your own store. There's only your option, but you have to just get someone to your side. So that's the easiest way to start. I constantly remind also during onboarding to everyone I talk in my company, want to really understand what kind of struggle our, our, our customers basically go through, launch Red Sea store and get someone besides your mom to buy something for you.
1: So, so, so part of the training is other than uh, the amount of see, it's, it's just not a fair metric. It's just, it, it's, you know what it is? It's like the free space in the middle of a bingo card. Everybody gets a dab of the free space. So, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, that's that's a really good takeaway. Uh, I and uh, okay. I guess I'm just gonna make sure this is, this is the dumbest question I've asked uh, so far. But like Etsy, I can uh, I set up a store on Etsy. I can use Printful to fulfill it.
0: Yeah, uh, automatically. So basically, you connect both sides. You go to the basically you create an account Etsy on Printful. Then you go to Printful, upload designs. Some magic buttons and those designs will appear in Etsy listings with all the image, default descriptions, size guides, uh, even uh, sh- shipping uh, prices and then estimates. So, like as 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 minimum like effort as possible, you have to just upload your designs and come up with with uh, titles and then text. So that's that's the idea. Someone buys, ultimately gets in the ship and customer, but the main thing you have to remember that we are not. Uh, some some people compare us with red, red bubble or society six that you just keep the margin. so uh, basically since so someone buys twenty and then red Bubble pays you some, I know some kind of fee. in this case, uh, the cheapest t-shirt costs us around eight eight dollars with one one design and you can sell it for twenty or thirty dollars it's up to you and you always keep basically the margin and you can figure that out part and there will be two pricing. So you customer will not directly pay to the printful. No, he will, you basically will pay, pay yourself to Printful, and you will get those 30, 30, $20 to your account.
1: And and that ties in again to researching what the top sellers are doing as well. If you look at their price margins, you get a feel for what uh, customers are willing to, um, are willing to convert or what, what, what they're willing to pay. So uh, that's great.
0: I actually to encourage someone, we have a couple of millionaires. Who have done that with our company, and it's fine that you you do do that with print on demand and to switch to the bulk price if you want to that want to sleep in your warehouse in black price every Monday. In some cases, we're also fulfilling some part of your basically orders. That's as well. So that's a mixing part with print on demand and doing your own stuff because otherwise you can keep up with demand and it's much easy. We can easily if you order a thousand t-shirts a day, we'll fill those in seven days. Uh, if you want to, basically, someone from nowhere orders that amount with your store, try to pull that on your own. So it's 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 much easier to actually scale scale the production up. Print on demand, but we're happy to do that. So you don't have to stick out of this forever because there's basically no agreement. If you don't want to use that, go to the bulk. It's maybe more financial, but it will be much harder to sell posters, leggings, stickers, T-shirts, and mugs under one roof on your own because you need five printers. We have them. So that's also the difference uh, between us. Terrific. All
1: right. Well, this is, uh, we're, we're, we're very nearly uh, at an hour, uh, counting the not, well, not counting the brief interruption, but that's going to get edited out anyways. Um, so the last thing that I want to ask you, uh, just before we, we let you go, just kind of like decompress is if you can tell us, uh, what, for, for, for our audience, including myself, we don't know much about Latvia. Uh, I'm afraid it, it, we just haven't had the chance to really talk to anybody about it. So, uh, what would you like to tell, um, to, uh, tell our audience about what makes Latvia special.
0: Uh, we are the only country who speaks Latvian. Only one in, in Latvia. Uh, and we have a really, really long seaside. So if you come visit Latvia, come to the summer. Uh, so it's it's amazing here and really hot as well, sometimes tends to. And as real European country, we, ex- we can enjoy all four seasons. So when Janet was in Celsius the 20 and in summer it gets plus 30. So. And as some of my, you know, peers have said, it's pretty exclusive to be Latvian. There are less than two million. Who? Which else? audience can actually? Uh, which nation can actually say that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, as an Italian, one of the things that I take pride in is that you know we come from the uh, the Roman Empire. So I'm like, all right, we pulled our weight. We were the bad guys. Some, somebody else's turn.
0: We have been under almost everyone in, in Europe: Russia, Germany. So it's it's not the fun part of our history. Let's let's look at the. Uh, 1990s when the Latvia, and uh, got their independence again back. <laughs> uh,
1: well, congratulations to congratulations to that. And then the other thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about too is because um, you also uh, outside of uh, printful, you're also you play on the the handball team. You represent the Latvian national team. So uh, here's what I think handball is: this is what we uh, know to be handball. Where <laughs> this, is, like, this is last time I played it was elementary school, but. Um, it would either be a basketball or a tennis ball and everybody would be in a line and they would bounce a ball off the wall. And then the next person would either have to catch it or punch it, but they couldn't hold it. If you held the ball, you're out. If you miss, you're out. If you don't bounce it floor wall, you're out. So, you know, e- easy thing to do during recess, 15 minutes, just do a quick run of handball. Um, so <laughs> am I, am I close Am my far off? What, what is it? What is a handball? Exactly.
0: Uh, you gave the definition of handball, what usually people in us and I guess Canada, you understand. So that's, that's handball. I, I I'm off- not
1: even sure if I could represent uh, our side of it too. That's just what we called it. Yeah. It's
0: what I have seen on, on videos, but uh, I play team handball, So it's, um, basically team sports. So two, two teams competing with each other. So when uh, there's goalkeeper, field players, so some kind of mix with basketball and football, you can also say like that. So there's a ball and there's goalkeeper, and you actually get have to get ball in opposite goal by throwing it with a hand. So some dribble involved. There's some some rules into that. So that's pretty huge uh, sports in Europe. So there's football soccer soccer, sorry soccer football as we understand Europe and then basketball and it could be even handball as the third one which in, the, in terms of popularity and also I play that so that's my way how after a long day in the office or in front of computer as in the recent year is where I can get basically forget about sports so I, I play handball I play I play as a goalkeeper as well so Google team handball on YouTube and you'll understand what I'm talking about okay yeah uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm interested
1: in looking at that into myself my my somebody new knew in uh, elementary school uh, he did try to invent something similar to what you're describing it was called Bocker. Uh, where it was soccer, but you would have to pick it up and you would have to punch the ball and try to get it into the net. It, it was just all—it was all punching. So interesting take on it, but it didn't have legs.
0: Actually, uh, Denmark invented the sport because uh, girls didn't want to play football, so they invented handball. So at the start, they played also on on, on the soccer field and outside, and now it's indoors. It's also in Olympics as well.
1: Oh, okay, terrific. All right. Well, with that, uh, I got to say, Ratis, this has been fantastic, and it's been helpful to me personally too. Because um, you know, I, I, I have the luxury of getting to talk to so many people, and I get access to so many resources. So, you know, I I am I am grateful for the opportunities that unfold literally on a daily basis. Um, so, thank you for your time. Um, if you have any like last uh, last words, parting wisdom, advice, anything you'd like to share with, uh, with the audiences, this is, feel free and then let the audience know how they can uh, I mean get in, get in touch with you or just um,
0: uh, ac- access printful and get started. Uh, yeah, thanks. It was a pleasure talking to you, so uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram so go on and follow there. And yeah, if you want to check printful, so printful.com it's so easy. And I will create a coupon code, so the beauty fee, the beauty fee so the name of the podcast, and you'll get $5 off, like first hundred people will get $5 off for your first purchase. We have also sample orders, but this will be the basically for your also first Etsy order, Etsy order as well, if you wish.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Have a great day, evening, what, well, what time you're talking about, and it was a pleasure. Thanks. Same here. All right. And to our audience, all the best. Take care, and we'll check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at Debutify.com. Or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.